It's the first weekend of whale hunting in Coral Gables. So how are these official visits going so far? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, the man who's usually the barometer of how things are going in recruiting, Miami staffer Dennis Smith, he's been sending out some clues throughout the weekend. He's been dropping hints that these official visits are going well. There have been a lot of references to fishing, whaling, big game hunting, but none of Dennis Smith's actual bat signals just yet, the ones that he drops usually about a half hour before an official verbal commit is about to drop. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, we look at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if we're going to get any verbal commits over the next few days, you know, we talked about this with Brian Smith, our scout and recruiting expert late last week. And, you know, he thinks it's probably better if some of these players kind of marinate for a little bit after these. Now, we do have some of these players who are visiting who plan to announce later on this month. Like we know that that's the case with Tank Hawkins, the wide receiver out of IMG Academy. He does plan to announce uh, in about three weeks time. So uh, we may start to see actual the fruits of these official visits coming in the next few weeks, not necessarily in the next few days. But hey, if Miami does end up getting one of these guys committed tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, I wouldn't complain about it. Okay. And I know the fan base is starving, you know, to land some of these four and five star players. Uh, full disclosure, I don't have a strong sense yet for how the Kamari and Franklin visit is going outside of uh, indications that it seems to be going very well. I think like the actual minute details of it are a little bit scarce. Hopefully we have something more concrete to report on tomorrow's episode with his visit ending today. Now it has been my sense in recent days, and this has not changed for better or for worse with how things are going during this OV for the five-star defensive linemen, Kamari and Franklin. But my sense is still that it's a Miami Hurricanes versus Tennessee Volunteers battle for Kamarian. And you could probably say heading into this weekend, Tennessee in the lead. We'll see if that changes coming out of this OV for Miami. And as we've talked about here on Locked on Canes, potential sanctions for Tennessee may influence this uh, if they, you know, get away with no sanctions. That's probably really good for Tennessee, not so good, you know, for Miami. But we'll, we'll kind of see how this plays out because that situation could nudge Franklin more in Miami's direction. Jason Taylor deserves a lot of credit to this point for Kamari and Franklin's recruitment, as he does, JT, for roughly – Oh, well, my, I, I lose count, but Miami has roughly about a dozen four and five star defensive linemen who are strongly considering the Canes and JT deserves a lot of credit for all these guys being in the mix. And as far as Kamari and Franklin, uh, you know, I hope he does end up being a Kane because he has been described as a program changer by our resident scout, Brian Smith. So if Miami can land him, he's going to become a fan favorite pretty quickly. Hopefully we have more information tomorrow. We do have a little bit more information on uh, Jure Tank Hawkins, 
four-star receiver out of IMG Academy who is a certified burner. Now, I know that Tank Hawkins being about five foot nine, 165, 170 pounds, body type-wise, he does seem kind of redundant to a few players that Miami has on the roster. But there's nothing redundant out about Tank Hawkins, okay? This guy is a special player, and if Miami can land him, they'll be very lucky to have him because this guy, kind of like Ray Ray Joseph, Hopefully, Robbie Washington the same way. Game-changing acceleration, speed, playmaking ability. Uh, it seems like Miami's doing pretty well for him. Uh, he did announce this morning, did Hawkins, he's going to be committing on June 26th. So for him to come out uh, with that timeline while on a visit with Miami, I take that as a good sign. But he is planning on taking more visits this month, though. So we have to watch out Miami getting that first OV. And he said uh, the visit's going really, really well. He admitted this is definitely one of the top visits he's taken so far. Remember, he's taken, obviously, tons of unofficial visits before this OV with Miami. He's having a great time. Uh, he does plan on visiting Florida next weekend and Penn State the weekend of the 23rd, and then he's going to announce his verbal commitment on the 26th. So hopefully Miami keeps trending up for Tank Hawkins. Uh, it sounds like things are going well, by the way, with Draylon Miller's visit also. You know, I, I did find it interesting that uh, Gabby Arudia, who was up close with him, I think, this weekend, said he probably more like six foot tall than six foot two, but at the same time, the tape don't lie on that guy. So even if, you know, and obviously sometimes these listings of height and weight coming out of high school, who knows how you, how much you can trust some of these. If he may be a little bit shorter than advertised, um, still after watching Draylon Miller and what that four-star wide receiver can do, um, I would not say no to him, even, you know, even if he is maybe two inches shorter than you thought he was. And I, I think he still looks really, really good. And it sounds like Draylon Miller is having a good visit. And if Draylon Miller were to commit to Miami, I'd, he's another one. Miller plans to announce in the month of June. So he's going to be visiting. He's visiting Miami now. He's going to visit USC. And then he plans to announce at the end of the month. I know if he were to commit, that would make Judd Anderson very happy because the ambassador is a big fan of Draylon Miller. Um, the word uh, yesterday was that James Nesta, the four-star linebacker, that his visit is going very, very well. He's out of Cornelius, North Carolina, six foot four, 210 pounds. Derek Nicholson, Miami staff, uh, D Nick, of course, the linebackers coach, Mario Cristobal on down. They've made him really feel like a priority last season as a high school junior in Cornelius, North Carolina, Nesta had 41 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss, nine sacks, one forced fumble, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So <laughs> those stats were pretty nice. And late in the week, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, James, I think it was Friday, James Nesta did officially name a top three of Miami, Oklahoma, and North Carolina, the home state team for him. So hopefully it ends up being Miami. Uh, we also have the visit in progress with four-star edge rusher Wyatt Gilmore out of Minnesota. Um, now, Matt Shodell at Kane Sport updated that he thinks Miami might be a long shot still for Gilmore, even though it sounds like the visit is going well from what I've heard. He plans to announce in July, but he does have upcoming visits to Oklahoma, Oregon, Minnesota, and Kansas State before he decides six foot four, 240 pounds. Uh, Gilmore did say in an interview with 24 seven that Miami has made it clear to him that he's a plan a guy. Like, this is not like, Oh, this is not like a backup plan to some of the other players that they're recruiting that if he 
decided he wanted to commit today, they would take him. Like, they're not going to make him wait in line or anything. So they have made him feel like a priority. And he said to 24-7, I do really like their defense, the 4-3. I think I could really strive in that type of defense. And I know Miami, they're definitely going up right now. A lot of momentum, he said. So we'll see if they can keep that momentum going. And another player that Miami is really made to feel like a priority is the Juco corner that the Hurricanes have officially visiting this weekend. Demetrius Freeney, who I like, another big-bodied corner if Miami can get him, six foot one, 185-pounder, and Miami, according to Gabby Arudia, 24-7, they've made him understand that he can make an impact right away. That, you know, he, coming out of JUCO, I think he's only done one year in JUCO, so he's still got a lot of eligibility left, but Miami thinks he can contribute right away. He said, just coming in and making an impact right away. They're trying to get me familiar with the scheme to come in and do that. They plan to use me right away. Coming from JUCO, they don't want to waste no time, he said uh, early this morning. He has also visited Oklahoma, Houston, and Colorado. So I wonder what Coach Prime had to say for him. But he did say Miami has been a great trip. It was up there for sure, he said. So I know. And remember, Miami just lost Terry Roberts Jr. in the transfer portal from the cornerback position. So if Miami is able to take, if he commits to Miami, Demetrius Freeney would essentially take the spot that Terry Roberts Jr. is vacating. So that's the latest we have on recruiting right now. Hopefully we have a lot more, especially on Kamari and Franklin coming up tomorrow. Later on on this episode, I, I want to try something new here uh, because there are some of you folks who are big time fans, uh, really into it. Some of you guys have, you know, been Miami fans longer than I've even been alive. And I like to get the perspective of the fan and someone I've known for many, many years, Raymond Borg, who's uh, one of the best Miami fans on the planet living up in Georgia. He and I have been talking so much off the air about conference realignment, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, that uh, I wanted to get Ray's perspective on everything that's going on and where he thinks Miami should end up. So we will talk some conference realignment because, folks, I know that coming out of those ACC spring meetings, the athletic directors and the commissioner made it seem like, hey, we're all in this together. We're all uh, united. We're in a united front. I don't know if this ACC thing is sustainable from a revenue standpoint. I think Miami's got to get out. We'll talk about how they should and how they can get out after this. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, I know the game ones for the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers didn't go so well. We'll get him in game two, right? And the Heat are big underdogs again uh, tonight for game two against the Denver Nuggets. Eight and a half point dogs. At FanDuel, you get great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. and You can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Happy to bring in here on Locked on Canes, uh, a good friend of mine going back years, and I think he's got really good perspective on what's going on with conference realignment and 
the concern that some folks have, and I think it's founded this concern that Miami could left behind, could be left behind if they're not proactive with the way this situation is shaken out. Uh, so it, it's nice to get uh, the educated fans perspective. And that's, we're going to get here from Raymond Borg. Now, Ray, how long have you been a Miami fan and supporter? Since 1982, I can remember Jim Kelly, uh, his junior year playing ball, watching TV on ABC. Wow, geez. Well, you go back even uh, farther than my birth as a Miami Hurricanes fan. So that, that is pretty impressive. Now, we've had a lot of conversations, you and I, Ray, off the air about conference realignment. And I know that a few weeks ago, coming out of the ACC spring meetings, you know, all the rhetoric was, yeah, we figured it out. You know, we're all together. We're unified on this. And then the ACC is going to bring in a new formula where they're going to redistribute the revenue and they're going to offer these bonuses for college football playoff appearances. Basically a fancy way of saying we can't give you a raise, but we can give you more hours. Like we can find a way to kind of reshuffle the numbers with the same exact revenue. Um, and you believe Ray, that there's another big domino in college football realignment that's about to take place outside the ACC. What do you think is going on now with the big 12? Yeah, I think right now, this week, you'll get the announcement that Colorado is going to go back to the Big 12. Um, I think it's a done deal. The commissioner is talking about the most for the biggest thing on the agenda is the expansion. Um, I believe they're looking at there. Um, I think it'll be a done deal. Dion's a little bit of extra spice on that, but Denver's a great TV market. And they go back to the Big 12, which a lot of the Colorado fans kind of missed from a few friends I do have out there. Don't like being in the Pac-12. It never was a great fit. And there's also been stories as well, too, that Memphis is being interviewed to go to the Big 12 as well. And I think the Big 12 will be very aggressive with expansion, maybe as much as four teams by the end of the summer. Wow. wow. And, and meanwhile, um, so a lot of the talk for Miami has been about the Big 10, and we'll get to that. Um, a lot of folks bring up that, hey, the SEC would be a better geographical fit and, you know, maybe better fit if you could get Florida on the schedule more regularly. But I don't know, from where I sit, it seems like the SEC, at least they maybe have a really good poker face that after bringing in OU and Texas, that they're not looking to expand again anytime soon. Do you get that same sense? Yeah, I do, too, um, for the most part, because they didn't expand the schedule, have nine conference games. The feeling here in Georgia, Marine, and um, is in Georgia. I think it's where they're they're stuck where they're at, keeping Oklahoma, getting te Texas, and they're going to see how things go. I don't think they're in a big rush, even though the Big Ten could be also be expanding as well too. I think they're good where they're at. They don't want to cover the pie anymore. If they wanted more money, they could have gone to nine conference teams because ESPN was ready to throw a bunch of money at them. Yeah, and, and so okay, a lot of the focus for Miami, uh, at least in the last uh, couple weeks, from Miami fans, maybe it's wishful thinking because we all know it wouldn't be easy to get out of the ACC, and we'll talk in a little bit about how that could happen. But Big Ten has become something that's been on the radar from Miami fans, and then another clue we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's episode is Miami being granted AAU membership, getting that research institution designation that is a prerequisite for joining the Big Ten. And Notre Dame recently got that as well. They got that at the same time Miami did, among other schools. But those are the big ones that people feel could be on the Big Ten's radar. Do you think this could be a smoke signal, Ray, that Big Ten for Miami could be on the horizon? I'm unsure about that because USF also got it as well, too. So I don't think though that's the, that that's really foreshadowing. Maybe, but I'm not sure um, right now. I just believe it's, there's a little bit more to it because I believe also the Big Ten is looking at now 
is at University of Washington in Seattle and, of course, the University of Oregon. That seems to be a done deal. They're waiting for the new commissioner to get in there and take care of that this summer, have them move over. So it's a hint. It's a possibility, but I don't necessarily it would it would mean it's absolutely going to happen. But it is an interesting timing the way it has come about. So um, your thoughts on the ACC, Miami's place in the ACC, and how important is it for Miami and some of these other schools? I mean, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, the schools in Virginia have been rumored to to want to get out of there. Uh, NC State, like how important do you think it is to get out? Is the ACC a sinking ship in your mind? I think, unfortunately, I think it is. I think a lot of teams want to get out. I think it is time for Miami to move on to another conference. It's not worked out the way they want it to be. Not necessarily all because of the ACC. There are some internal issues with the involvement of college football and revenue and what needs to be done to stay on ties of top 20 program in Division I. Um, but I think a lot of teams want to get out. There's been talk about North Carolina. Virginia's looking. There's been whispers of you know North Carolina going to the Big Ten uh, because of the TV market and just their basketball rapport as well, too. And this rapport is an excellent school at Chapel Hill. You know, we've talked about, you know, the ACC's plan to kind of redistribute the revenue. And, and we know that, you know, the squeaky wheels tend to be the ones who get the grease here, like Clemson and, and Florida State have been among the most vocal about the ACC situation. Miami's been nipping at their heels. Uh, Duke has been really quiet on this. Uh, and obviously Duke, you know, they – I, they did beat Miami in football last year. I know I know that's going to come up in the comments if I don't give them their credit. But yeah. obviously, Duke, from a revenue standpoint, uh, they carry their weight when it comes to basketball. And they have that heritage basketball brand. So when I see this talk about redistributing the revenue to pay the Magnificent Seven more money, which doesn't include Duke, then wouldn't Duke be pretty upset, Ray, if they're like, okay, they've got this plan to keep these angry seven schools happy, but then we're going to actually get hurt by this in the process. Yeah, I agree with that as well, too, along with Georgia Tech. Um, yeah. This isn't going to work, and I think you're going to see some serious rebellion from the teams. And from way back when, when the Big 12 originally broke up and Nebraska left, that's what they were trying to do. And Nebraska was like, so you're going to give all the money to Texas and Oklahoma. We're gone. And they went to the Big 12, and financially is a better situation for Nebraska. They haven't had the success in football, but they definitely had a financial windfall because of it. So when I think about the possibility of Big 10, there are certain aspects that excite me, right? If Miami could, you know, occasionally get USC on the schedule, right? Playing, you know, home and homes with Ohio State, playing Michigan on a semi-regular. I mean, the conference would be so big, you wouldn't play every team every year. But to get teams like this on the schedule on a semi-regular basis would be very exciting to me. Um, but then the con that so many Hurricanes fans bring up is, I don't want to go to Minnesota in November. I don't want to go to Wisconsin in November and, and Michigan. And, you know, so I, 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 I don't know. And this is something obviously, you know, USC and UCLA would potentially have to do this as well. So they were obviously willing to take that on for significantly higher revenue. How much of a concern would that be for you from a Miami standpoint? It, it kind of is in respect. You're going to hear the same old song and dance. The Miami fans don't travel well. And that was a big hit in the Big East. But let's be honest, you had to go to Syracuse. Philadelphia, Boston, Pittsburgh, Blackford, Virginia. That costs a lot of money in some of those areas, and it's kind of a bear. Being in the ACC here living in Georgia, it's a six-hour drive to most of the North Carolina schools. I can take an hour drive to get to Atlanta 
to go see Tech now and to see Tech play Miami you know, every other year back in the day. Virginia Blacksburg isn't too bad of a drive. It's probably seven, eight and a half hours. So I think that's going to be the biggest concern as me as a fan is I'm probably not going to go to as many games um, if they do join the Big Ten. And I don't think many fans, I'm not sure how many fans they are, but they do have a large alumni base, and a lot of that alumni base is moving north. There's an incredible amount of fans in Atlanta. You, you would be surprised when I, when I wear a shirt or what's on the stickers on my car, is everyone's honking, flashing me the U. I'm at the pool of my local, <laughs> my neighborhood, and I'm wearing a, you know, I'm wearing a Miami thing. I just get all these. I've had at least thirty people come up to me. And and you're probably like me because I know what a big fan you are, and you're an alumnus as well, like I am. You're probably like me, and you wear Miami gear wherever you go, right? Yes, but correction, I'm actually a Miami alum. You know this is going. Oh, I'm a Miami alum. I'm that's a UCF right. alum. That's right. You are. Oh, you know, you had me, and we've even talked about that before, but you've had me fooled that, man, I, I thought you were a Miami alum. Wow. No, I, I didn't have the grades to get into Miami. I'm a Juco kid, and then I ended up going to UCF because it was a good small school, but I enjoyed my time there. It's when I only had 18,000 students instead of 75,000, yeah. or whatever God names they got. Yeah. So, okay, what is your prediction, Raymond? Uh, in five years, what conference will the Miami Hurricanes be in? I think they'll definitely be out of the ACC, barring some kind of miracle. The only miracle I could see is they could save the ACC if they convince Notre Dame to join. Yeah. But I think it's either going to be the Big Ten, uh, more, is there probably going to be the Big Ten, or I'll say it, the Big 12 is a Ooh. strong possibility as well, wow. too. Um, that could be the other one as well. I just don't see the SEC expanding. You know, I know uh, who would love Miami in the Big 12 is our friend Chalupa Batman because he lives in Texas. So he's like, he's rooting for that. Get Miami in the Big 12. He's going to be driving to, to all the games that happen in that part of the country if that were to happen. Oh, man, it, it, it's interesting times, my friend. Uh, so, Raymond, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, I'm happy to get your perspective today. Uh, anything, uh, any, I know you're kind of a private guy. Anything you want to promote, where people can find you, if they want to connect with you on uh, LinkedIn, you and I are connected there. You just want to you want to keep all your stuff private. I kind of keep private. By him on LinkedIn, I no longer have any social media accounts of Twitter or Facebook or anything. I kind of keep a low profile in my industry. I'm in the construction industry, so I kind of keep a low profile. For the most part, just as a fan, and you know, I like enjoy going back and forth with fans and meeting different people and talking to people like yourself. So I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much to Raymond for joining us. Uh, you know, we're going to be back tomorrow talking all about these recruiting visits. We'll try to get more intel on the likes of uh, Kamari and Franklin, especially how that visit went at the U this weekend. So, yeah, for the everydayers, we'll have a lot more coming up this week, including Brian Smith. We'll have Larry Bluestein on. We'll try to track down our pal Brad Tejeda as well. So we will talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.